podcast. And what podcast is that? Why, the Speaking of Tangents podcast, of course. On this week's show, we don't do any accents, so I thought that we would do some in the intro. I don't know what this accent is, but it's staying in because I'm not recording in again. My name is Jason. Hey, it's KJ, and in this week's episode, we have Mr. Steve Lipton joining us in the third chair. And we kick off this week with our Oscars recap for the first few minutes and then, well, tangents. Well, hello again there. Then we're going to take a quiz, you know, made by a quiz master. Yeah. And we'll wrap it all up with feedback, which you'll certainly want to tune in for if you're not full up on food talk. I see what you did there. All that plus many conversational tangents. In a week, things happen. Yes, they do. And now we'll review. Yes, we will. Those things that happen. The things that happen. It's the speaking of tangents. Week in review. So what is up this set of seven days? Good is up. We have our friend Steve Lipton in the third chair with us today. Yes. Hello, everybody. Hey, Steve, did the chair actually arrive in time? Are you sitting in the chair as we speak? Yeah, it's a little tall for me. <clears throat> I had to actually get a ladder to climb into the chair, but that's okay. I appreciate it. Good. I might I might grow in my sixties. So. <laughs> but hello, it's great to be here. You guys look well, good. <laughs> yeah, you too. You too. Yeah, thanks for coming on. Boy, you know what? Things do happen in a week. Mm-hmm. Not not here. I mean, nothing what? happened here, <laughs> unless another blizzard is all you want to talk about, which I don't. Um, but we did have the Oscars. Oh, yeah. And uh, Kevin Stanfield, you know, he tweeted us to let us know that he got his prediction wrong. <laughs> yes. He so said he, Roma, pre- right? he predicted Roma to win Best mm-hmm. Picture, and it was actually Green Book, which Kevin calls Driving Miss Daisy's Driver. Yes. Oh, Okay. <laughs> I did not have Green Book winning, but I, I, you know, who knew? I figured that Bohemian Rhapsody was going to win just because it sort of was winning everything. It did you know. win a lot. Did you see Bohemian Rhapsody? I haven't seen it. Actually, I wanted to, and my son, who uh, my son Ryan is 17, he's a big Queen fan, but he hasn't wanted to go see it yet for some reason. I'm like, let's go see it. And he's like, nah, I don't feel like it. Like, really? Mm. You love Queen. So he grew up in a world where Queen was has always been this huge classic mm-hmm. rock band. And I was like, well, they weren't really that huge the whole time they were out. I was like, kind of, they kind of got saved by, you know, uh, the scene with uh, uh, Wayne and Garth. And that's he, true. Yeah. That's sort of yeah, like in- introduced a whole new generation yeah. to them. Sure. So it's funny. But I, so I haven't seen it yet. That's a long way of saying no. Well, <laughs> I haven't seen it. I'm just going to say no. And I kind of, I wanted to because I like Queen, but everybody tells me either it's not that good or you cry a lot. And I'm tired of crying in all these movies. Mm. 
like Why they would you bald. Cry at that movie? Because I don't, you, you I don't know exactly what happens. Maybe Freddie Mercury. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, like I saw, I saw a Star Is Born, and I did not know how that. I didn't know that story, and I didn't know how that this particular one ends. Wait and a minute. I was a mess. No, I Wait didn't a know a Star Is Born. Go ahead and write a quiz about it, Quizmaster, if you want. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't know Realize that story. it's like the fourth time that movie's been made. Yes, and I had never seen any of them until this one. But this time, it might end differently. That's true. <laughs> I did actually see that movie. I loved it. I mean, I loved it too, but I was very, I mean, I was just a mess. The Hall of Famer and I both were just a mess. We didn't mm. have any idea what was coming. Really? Should we spoil that one or, or not? Since I haven't seen it, but I know what happens. Well, since you just pretty much told me I was crazy for not see, not knowing the story, I bet everybody knows it. Well, it, is that how it not? ends with every, oh, every I haven't iteration? Seen any of the other ones, either one. I haven't seen any of them. <laughs> Actually, yeah, but I you know seen... the story. That's the general story. Yeah, uh, he. It's 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 supposed to be a you know a sad melancholy movie. Well, it did end up that way. Jason, I think you'd like it though, because my understanding is that all the performances were live, including the Bradley Cooper stuff. He learned to play guitar and sing. Yeah, he actually. Yeah, I read that too. That he, um, he he did all his stuff. So which is which I appreciate. Which uh, what's his face? The guy that won, uh, Rami Rami Malek that yeah. won Best Actor did not sing right. in Bohemian Rhapsody. Which I mean, kind of yeah. What can you say? Can you can everybody sing like Freddie Mercury? Can anybody sing like Freddie Mercury? No, and that was evidence from the opening of the Oscars that nobody can sing like Freddie Mercury because Adam Lambert, who is a good, um, good singer, mm-hmm. right? Like has a lot of range. He ain't no Freddie Mercury. No, no. And I read somewhere somebody said Adam Lambert did his best, but he basically turned Queen into a karaoke band, and I agree. True. It it was it was rough. Yeah. I hadn't seen I hadn't seen that iteration. I hadn't seen him with Queen. I know he like he's part of Queen and tours with them now and does this stuff. But I hadn't seen them before, like even in a video or heard any of them doing anything. And I saw that because I watched like the first uh, three or four minutes of that because I saw on Twitter, oh, you know, Queen opens up the Oscars. Right. I was like, I need to go see this. So I watched it on YouTube and it was like, ugh, mm. nah, uh-uh. You just, it's just certain people you don't, you don't, you don't cover their songs mm-hmm. and you don't try to replace them it's hard you mean you know oh, either yeah. the band's gonna cease to exist or they're gonna replace him with somebody it's like when the the who had to replace keith moon there's not another keith moon on the drums right. so right you know either you quit you know which arguably maybe they should have but you know. yes that i mean that that is what you form another you form a different band right you take the yeah. same guys and you get another you get another group or you get another singer you get another drummer you get another whatever and then you just form a different band that's because and people will be into that some somewhat. I mean, because right now you're trotting out the hits from, you know, 40, 50 years ago and karaokeing it. The singer is the hardest. Right. Unless unless it's a band where the band is driven by unless it's an instrumental band, of course. Uh-huh. But if, <laughs> but it's <laughs> but if it's driven by like like I would not want to re- have somebody replace. Eddie Van Halen and Van Halen, or Alex Van Halen for that matter. Right. But the but you know, Michael Anthony and while David Lee Roth was difficult to replace, Sammy Hagar did a pretty good job. Right. And the people after that, not so much. But either one of them are okay. If you replaced Eddie Van Halen, it's not Van Halen anymore. True. 
So that's mm-hmm. that's a that's a separate case of that. But most bands, most famous rock bands, their singer, their front man is the most recognizable part of that just by the nature of, you know, human voices are different. Right. So yeah, just don't well, you don't you don't replace Freddie Mercury and especially Freddie Mercury. Yeah, and if you're but if you're Adam Lambert, you have to know that going in that you're gonna be constantly people are constantly oh, yeah. going to yeah, it's, a, it's a no win. It's a tough right. situation. Yeah. But if you're queen, you want to take advantage of this resurgence. So you're like, mm-hmm. hey, we can make money with a with the tour. I mean, the last yeah, time Queen me. tour, you know hurts me, Steve. Well, I mean, it's the economics of the thing. It's not like they're making money off of uh, records anymore. It's all being streamed. So the way for them to cash in on it is <laughs> yeah, two hundred fifty dollar mm-hmm. tickets to concerts now, because probably the last time they toured, it was probably twenty five bucks to play the same venues. Now, now yeah. the touring is where you make the money. So. Yeah, you know that's a record industry sort of rant, which probably you know we probably yes. our three less listeners that are left probably. <laughs> well, that that <laughs> rant has been has been said before <laughs> on this podcast. If they left because of, if they left because of that, then they have been gone for a long time because <laughs> yeah. of me. So because that's, that's I talk about that a lot of just how marketing and economics ruin creativity so often, and not, and not ruin they it's just makes it weird just. Ugh, right. Icky. I understand. I mean, it's the art versus commerce thing, which is, you know, right. anybody who's an mix. artist. Yeah. You've got yeah. to figure out something. You've got to promote yourself. Yeah. Um, I have artists a, and creatives should get paid. I have a little band now, uh, you know, uh, a little plug. Uh, Big Tasty in the Lip is the name, by the way. It was not <laughs> yes. my decision. I love that. But, I love that. But, That's great, though. So you have, you have to start a band Facebook page, and then it's, you know, you have to do so many posts and that sort of thing. And it's it's marketing, trying to get people yes. to come out to your stupid gigs that are free, you know, uh, mm-hmm. but it's, it's part of the, part of the deal, I guess. And I'm just doing, this is band is just purely cover songs too. It's not like I'm, you know, when I say art, <laughs> this is, you know, uh, this is not exactly high art, but it's fun. <laughs> well, well, there is not, high, maybe not high art, but there is, there is an artistry to taking a song and covering it in your own style. Even if it's very similar to similar to the original, it's going to have some differences in it because you know, you're different people. Right. But, uh, I think, I think that's, that's an interesting, I, I like to hear other people's takes on famous cover songs. Yeah. And we're limited in that. It's an acoustic guitar. It's I'm playing bass and then there's a uh-huh. percussionist. And so, uh, you know, you when you play "Take on Me," you know, first of all, you have to have a singer who can hit it, which we happen to do. And by the that's way, that's impressive. N- that's not me, <laughs> Scott Tucker. <laughs> shout out. Uh, and uh, and then you know the percussion's different. And this guy plays like you know uh, wind chimes and and uh, you know all kinds of percussive instruments that you know. And so it just sounds different, but it's it's kind of cool while you're sitting there drinking your yeah. craft beer. You guys could cover Stonehenge then, if he's got like wind chimes and all kinds of other percussion. Well, you know, I happen to know somebody who's got a full, full-on band recording of Stonehenge. Um, I'm not going to name his names, but his initials are Chase and Fuse. Yeah. Uh, so maybe we'll just do karaoke to that, like Adam Lambert. Yeah. So have, has Big Tasty in the Lip covered Queen? Uh, we have not yet. I mean, maybe this is the throwdown challenge, but... but uh, I'll, I'll ask Scott because we cover all. I mean, this is a very uh, eclectic song list. Scott likes really loves eighties. So oh, cool, yeah. We've done stuff. You know, basically, anything you've you've seen in uh, like the wedding singer, it, it's it's up for it's up for trying. But you know, then then it'll also be like the Pixies and you know uh, 
bands of that ilk as well. Um, yeah. Some Beatles, whatever. He, he he likes it all. He likes the early Beatles. And we've done A Day in the Life. We do uh, some Bowie, oh, nice. a, a Space Oddity. You know, it's 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 definitely strange. Fun though. Yeah. We do the one of the bands I'm in. Um, we do a lot of seventies and a lot of nineties. Uh-huh. So no, you skip we, the eighties. We, we should, yeah, we should play together, and then we'd have we do uh, we we do cover two well one Queen song and one Bowie song. We do uh, pressure under pressure. Wow, mm-hmm. that's good. But I do the Bowie parts, and um, we have uh, L who's on the DKE album, right? Who sings with us? Who does the the Freddie Mercury stuff? So the ah, so I, I I'm not doing that. That's <laughs> awesome though. That, that's 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 really impressive. Actually, my my role in this band is kind of shut up um, when it comes to singing. <laughs> try try not to ruin it, uh, and then talk in between songs. Oh, I, that's kind of what know. I did. I I saw some video of you um, singing at the last gig you had. It was at a beer hall, was it not? Or a beer, not a bar, but like a brewery. That's the word I'm looking for. There you go. <laughs> uh, something like that. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I'm okay. I'm okay. As long as I don't get too close yeah. to the mic, you know? So do you have, um, do you have, you have video of this? I haven't, has this been on like Facebook? Uh, somebody posted something. I think my sister was at, at this gig over Christmas and whatever. I don't know. Uh, they, I saw it from Joe Arrow posted it on Twitter. Oh, you're, if you're oh. talking about, you're talking about like the karaoke thing. No, so, no, 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 no. It was when you had your gig oh, a couple right. weeks ago. You're right. Absolutely right. Yeah, that's that's correct. Oh, I missed this. Yeah, I'll Joe, have to go look that up. Joe yeah, came out to a gig and he posted it on Twitter. That that is correct. Mm-hmm. I forgot um, that that was that it was, was a out beer, there. a brewery, right? Well, that's that was actually the uh, beers and cheers too, which will be appearing at March 9th for all of you. Uh, Podcast listeners, beers and cheers to Gaithersburg, Maryland. <laughs> nice. Uh, oh, good. I was going <laughs> to ask you where your next gig was. Right. Uh, uh, March 9th. Uh, so it's actually a, a, literally a beer store. Um, it's though you walk into the door and if you, if you walk past the first 20 feet, it's just a regular beer store kind of, but the first 20 feet, uh, are, are like room for about 40 people to sit and they have craft brews. So you sit there, there's a waitress and they've got 25 different craft brews every day. They change up the menu. I think it's every week, maybe, but but uh, mm-hmm. but if you want to go right by that, and you can get a six pack of beer, and the band sets up right in the front door, so some people are just coming in to get a six pack, and there's a band playing, and we play from like six at night to nine at night, so it's early, and so some people are like, "What is going on here?" They serve good food, and it, and it's it, it's very interesting, but it's a it's literally almost like you know just you walk into a large Seven Eleven, and there's a band playing. Yeah, I've played a lot of coffee shop. Uh, like venue cross with coffee shop places like that, right? Where you're you're sitting up in the corner, like with an acoustic guitar, and you're playing, and people are walking in, going, "What is going on?" Yeah, it's Steve, kind of it's fun. like Definitely. a total wine store, then. Yeah, yeah, it's not yeah. as big. It's a little, well, at least it's not as big as the total wine in my neighborhood. But but mm. uh, um, but they do have a nice seating area, which is good, and the food is good. Um, the they actually brought one of the gigs we had that a beer distributor came by, and he was he was. Alagash, he was he was, you know, pressing his different brews. They had like five different kegs there that day, and so it was you know it was kind of fun. We're like, hey, and everybody have an Alagash, you know, every three songs, you know. So the guy was really happy. We're we're helping him out. I guess I helped him out just then. Although it's like a yeah. yeah. <laughs> My sister actually texted me a picture yesterday, and she was drinking an Alagash, and she's out in L.A. So I guess it worked because she was at that concert. You no, know? nice. <laughs> 
Marketing gets Team you. Team marketing. It gets everybody. Well, that's what I'm saying. It all, it all comes back to that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and there's, there's, there's levels of that that are awesome. <laughs> Most uh, people take yeah. it too far. There, yeah. there well, are levels. I talked about this last week where I bought a book because the promo code was Valentine's Day sucks. Marketing yeah. does work. Wow. That's I kind finished of dark. that book, by the way, Jason. <laughs> oh, the PDF? The Shea Sorano one? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. It's pretty good. Yeah, I really liked it. The only problem with it was now that now I'm feeling like I am needing to rewatch The Office, and I just yep. don't have time. That's what I've been doing. It's it's it goes quick. It's only but I like did watch three episodes episode. last night. Mm, yeah, it really? goes fast. You, that, I I started watching it to watch just the basketball episode after reading that chapter yeah, in the book. Yeah, great. And now I'm great in season chapter. seven. So yeah, <laughs> wow. It just it sneaks up on you. I haven't watched much of The Office at all, and my kids berate me all the time for that. Like, oh, that's Steve, the best. I you think love you'd it. love The Office. That's what everybody says, and I, I, haven't, I just haven't got there yet. Yeah, I think it's right up your alley in terms of sarcasm and the humor that they – the type of humor. Oh, so it's is, bad. <laughs> no. I say that because it's, it's – it's, you know, it, it's, I'm the target for this show pretty much. So. Right. Yeah, I, 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 I think, I think I, I've, what I've seen I, I've liked. I just haven't like, all right, I got to start and, and get – you know, the problem with it, it's so daunting when you've got these all these seasons to, to get through. I actually started, believe it or not, I, so I just got HBO, which is which is new. But my, my that's what my son wanted mm-hmm. for his birthday, and uh, and so we did that. And I had not seen I, I had seen one episode of the original um, True Detective, which is the one that had uh, um, Woody Harrelson on it and all that. And and yeah, and all right, and all right, all right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I I yeah. found him so riveting watching him drink drink really? Lone Star beers and talk that, mm-hmm. um, and this was, you know, whenever it came out 2014. So last night I literally started that. Cause I'm like, well, that season's only eight episodes. I could, I could blow through that. But then I didn't realize they're like 60 minutes long too. So, Oh yes. Yeah, I haven't you, seen any of that. You could get through 16 episodes of the office in the same amount of time. <laughs> yes. Well, I, I promise to do better. <laughs> Next <laughs> I, time you I have need me to watch, on. I need to watch the first season of True Detective too. I've heard that one's really good and just skip the second season. So that's right. what I'm going to do. Oh, definitely skip the second do. season. And season three is season three is different, but I still liked it. Did you finish it? It just wrapped up. Yeah, right? just finished last week. Gotcha. I like Marshall Ali, so I think I would probably oh watch gosh. it just for him. He's I'm with excellent. you on that. But don't yeah. sleep on Stephen Dorff. I, I, I feel bad for him because Mahershala Ali is going to get all the credit, which he should. He's outstanding, but so was Stephen Dorff. Stephen Dorff really is not good. helped by his name. It's no, just, he's, it's not. Just, he's not. He's not. Anybody named Stephen. Anybody yes. named Stephen <laughs> yeah. is trouble. <laughs> That's funny. I didn't think of that. Um, so so I, I, I think, uh, Steve, have you watched much of um, last week? Is it last week tonight? Is that what the name of John Oliver? Uh, I haven't. I, I pretty much see whatever's posted. Again, I, I've had yeah. HBO for like since beginning of this month, so I haven't. I need to. Okay. If well, you, you if have you to. like like original old school Daily Show with John Stewart, yeah. jump into that. I it's, do. It's yeah. really good. I mean, it's really good. Everything I've seen uh, of that show has been great. It's all just been like someone has posted it on on social media, and I'll and I'll click on it, and I go, "Oh, this is awesome! I wish I could watch the whole yeah. thing." Well, now I can. Yeah, that's yes. a, that's the other highly recommended thing if you have a subscri- new subscription to HBO that I would yeah. get into. And Veep. Veep. Veep oh, is yeah. the other one. Do not yeah. forget Veep. <laughs> and, I've seen um, a few episodes of that, and it's it's great. It's awesome. It's fantastic. So, all right. You you might be getting tweets from people on what you should watch on HBO. I'll start besides Veep and Oliver. <laughs> is this is this a voice tweet? <laughs> yes, this is a voice tweet. You, you must watch Deadwood. You must watch The Wire. 
And I recently found out Deadwood is being made into a movie. I'm so excited for that. Yeah, they're making a Deadwood movie. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen Deadwood. I've seen pieces of it, but I haven't sat down and watched it. Yeah, it's... Well, I can understand why people didn't want to, because there was only three seasons. It abruptly ended, and you know there isn't going to be any more. So why start? But I mean, that's what, that's everything. You know there's not going to be any more <laughs> Office. You know yes. there's not going to be any more The Wire. But We're all going to die someday. <laughs> yes. Why even Is that bother? true? Is that what you just said? That true? Basically, that's what I said, yeah. Gotcha. Don't even start. Don't bother. There's not going to be any more. <laughs> so yeah. don't don't bother with The Office is what you're saying. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, watch that I before would, you die. <laughs> the other thing I would recommend is the very first episode of Westworld and nothing else. Yeah. I'd do say not, don't bother. Do not. I, the first episode is great. Is And it's it's really could be considered its own self-contained thing. Right. Just stop after the first episode. Yes, because it, it only is gets great. worse. And then the second season, I watched two episodes and went, "This is garbage." Mm. I can't. I'm not even going to watch this anymore. It's like oh. the band that spends ten years on the road writing their first album and it's all yes. great, and then they got to write the second album and there's nothing there, and they've all used up the yeah, good ideas. Nothing. Absolutely. Yeah, I, but see, I, with the first episode of Westworld, that's what I'm talking about. Why would I watch it when I know I'm not going to watch any more? I'm not going to bother because. Because that one episode is great entertainment and super well done, and it's really like a short story kind of. It's really like a mini movie. It's like an hour long. It's. it's I guess great. I don't remember. I figured well, you'd have to. You'd have to want to watch the second one to see what happens. Well, it also depends on. What yeah, you're but that's what I'm for. telling you. Yeah. Yeah, I'm but, telling you. Don't don't. It's not worth it. It yeah, doesn't go anywhere. Yeah. The very first one is great, and then stop, and that's it. And one more for HBO Game of Thrones. How could I forget? Oh, right. That's actually probably the reason that, that my son wanted it to, to uh, get that because he needs to catch up before the season and all that. I mean, mm-hmm. well, who knows when he has time, but... Uh, I haven't seen one second of that. Me either. Not yet. It. In fact, our neighbors, we've got some neighbors that are big into it, and they lent me the DVDs for season one so we could catch up before yeah. we had HBO, uh-huh. and yeah. we haven't watched them yet. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, but yeah, I've I, got the DVDs. Woo. Well, I've seen all the seconds. Yeah. And, and I would, I'd recommend all the seconds. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Well, there you go. That's a strong endorsement. You know, I just realized this is great for, for, uh, for your listenership because now I'm going to have to listen back to this <laughs> podcast to find out what I need to watch. On That's HBO. right. There That's you go. Right. <laughs> it's very meta. Is there any, any other recommendations we have in this week in review for HBO shows? <laughs> no, that we better. No, that's good enough. That'll keep Steve busy for a while for quite a while. What a week yes. this has been. <laughs> yes. What a week indeed. Yes. <laughs> this is a song with words about a quiz that I'm singing. That should end what this segment is. Okay, I'll tell you, it's a quiz. What do we know? Well, yeah, we have a quiz. Bob Walsh, quiz master. This quiz is in response to the last quiz we took about the the UK cars, Jason, where yes. you apparently mis met, mic, mixed up Arthur Morgan and Arthur wait, Arthur Murray, Arthur Miller. I'll just read it. It's an Arthur quiz. <laughs> One of them is dancing, I think, Arthur Murray. Arthur it's, Miller it's is a... dancing, death, and video games. There you go. Well, Arthur Morgan is which one? I video don't know. Games. I don't know any Arthurs. Well, I know a few Arthurs. 
Okay. I thought the guy's name was Arthur. I think something in the car was about Arthur Morgan. Morgan, yeah. And Arthur Morgan, I was like, that name sounds familiar. Is that the guy from Death of a Salesman? Mm-hmm. And Brad goes, thankfully he knew. He said, no, that's Arthur Miller. And I was like, oh, I thought that was Arthur Murray. And Brad goes, no, that's the dancing the studio guy. And I was like, oh, yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> and then I looked it up while we were reading the answers. Mm-hmm. And Arthur Morgan is the protagonist from... Um, uh, Red Dead Redemption Two, ah, video sense. game that came out last year. Okay, that was in the news and a big. You know, I hadn't even played it, but a bunch of people, bunch of people say it's pretty good. My son okay. has it; he likes it. Yeah, it's supposed to be super realistic cowboy simulator. Cowboy simulator, pretty much. <laughs> right. <Yeah. laughs> okay. Which I mean, hey, whatever. So here's what Bob says in episode okay. 111. After recounting how well he and Brad Weiss had done on the UK Cars Quizlet, Jason said. We, we knocked that quiz out of the park. Another one down. Come at me, Bob. And then he gives the time stamp of one hour, seven minutes, and 43 seconds. Yes. Um, and then he says, ask and ye shall receive. During said UK cars quizlet, Jason demonstrated an almost Rain Man-like ability to list famous people named Arthur, but stumbled when it came to distinguishing Arthur Morgan from Arthur Murray from Arthur Miller. The Quizlet below provides Jason the opportunity, and this next sentence is my favorite sentence, with, or this next little three words, with KJ's help, uh, <laughs> yeah, um, to recover from that misstep. Simply identify the famous Arthur based upon the three clues provided. I'm not going to help at all with this quiz, and I think Bob probably knows that. <laughs> I know, let's see, Arthur's. I know the three that I named. That's it. Treacher? I don't know. Right. There's the movie with Dudley Moore. Dudley Moore is all right? I know. Arthur Treacher's uh, Fish and Chips, which maybe not, you guys may not be familiar with that food chain. but, but I have heard of that. No. I would have never come up with that, but uh, I've heard of that. Maybe yes. that's in the quiz. Well, that used to be like a, like the Fish and Chips, the McDonald's of Fish and Chips. Uh, it was kind of a 70s and 80s thing. It's, it was not mm-hmm. very successful, but I remember yeah. Hence that KJ hadn't heard of it yet. It's not right. successful. It's, it's gone. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. Uh, should we just go right into these quizzes, quiz questions? This sure, quizlet? because this is going to be a nightmare. <laughs> this is. Okay. I'm well, going to say, you know I'm going to predict less than we get less than we normally do. Like, way less. Like, maybe none of them. I'm going right. to predict we get them all because I'm just going to say Arthur is the answer. <laughs> yeah. That's Some true. guy named Arthur. Yeah. Partial credit. So number one, who is the Arthur that is said to have received his sidearm from a, quote, watery tart, end quote, was tutored by a legendary magician. I know this. Awesome. And may have popularized the use of circular dining furniture. Steve Uh, knows this. I do not. Wow. I do not know this. Steve, do you do you have any clues for us? Like we're going to like I'm going to get it. Uh, All right. Let's see. Uh, (laughs) Do you like British humor? Yes. You do okay. Um, let's see. Uh, are you familiar with Monty Python? Uh, I yes. am somewhat familiar with most of some of Python's stuff, not as much oh. as you two, I'm sure. Okay, um, you two. I didn't realize Bono was into. No, I'm just <laughs> um, so uh, this was the lead person in one of the Monty Python movies. Is it Arthur character name or Arthur uh, actor name? There you go. It's it's King Arthur. Nailed it. That's oh, okay. I'm looking at this completely wrong. I was going in this thinking it was Arthur 
in some last name. No, well, well I, it the, might the, the, be the the watery. Was it you know the watery tart? Right. That was yeah. that was in in Monty Python and the now. Holy Grail. You know. Okay. Um, basically. Okay, Bob, give us some heads up on this. So, who uh, played King Arthur? Um, Chapman, I believe. Yes, Graham Chapman. Sure. He's actually passed away, but 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 uh, he's sort of. He also played Brian in the Life of Brian. He's kind of like the, the guy they they put up for for these. He was roles. their leading man type he, dude. Yeah, he tried. He plays kind of this the, more of the straight roles, which is yes. Um, and and then uh, the other it's rest tough of to them do ridiculous. when everybody else is trying to be funny. There you go. I'm, it's an important uh-huh. role. So. Uh, okay, but, so you okay. nailed that one. Now, I got now we're one. in. Now, now I'm in it. Okay, let's. Go. Oh yeah, now I get it. I I didn't get it quite before, but now I really. Hmm. I was get it. I, I'm I was stuck on Arthur Morgan, Arthur Murray, Arthur Miller. Well, there could be some more <laughs> like that. Okay, so number two, who was the Arthur that was the U.S. Army's youngest ever major general? Has been portrayed in the movies by Gregory Peck and Tommy Lee Jones, and accepted the Japanese surrender, which ended World War II. Uh, All right, I know this one. Good. Uh, I don't. I don't know his name. I'm assuming his first name is Arthur. No. His last name is Arthur. Sorta. MacArthur. Yeah. General MacArthur. MacArthur. Yes. There you go. That's right. what I would guess. Okay. Um, do, we know, do we know his first name? General. <laughs> yeah, right. that's what I said. Okay, we yeah. nailed that uh, one. Yeah, that's what she said. <laughs> no. What? <laughs> See, now uh, if you watch The Office, Steve, I'm sure you already know that phrase, where that phrase is from. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, my gosh. I, I love that phrase. It's possible I've uttered it a time or two. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Allegedly. Uh, okay. Who is the Arthur number three? Who is the Arthur that I keep wanting to say author? Mm. Arthur. Yeah. Arthur. Who is the Arthur name. that was an Englishman with an acting career highlighted by portraying numerous gentlemen's gentlemen and dancing with Shirley Temple, lent his name to an aquatic fast food franchise? Yeah. Wait a minute, fish and chips. She predicted ah. this one. And predicted. for a time was Merv Griffin's sidekick. Well, that would be Arthur Treacher's, I believe. <laughs> I believe so too. That's who I would go with. Arthur Treacher, is that what you said? Treacher's. Yeah, yeah. Treacher. Well, Treacher's. I, I, I think it's like a possessive for the yeah, restaurant. Exactly. So I think it's Treacher. Yeah, yeah Arthur Treacher. <laughs> wow, I have just never heard of that. The restaurant was Arthur Treacher's? That's yeah. correct. Steve is being clairvoyant. Well, the funny thing is, though, is, yeah. is, is that, you know, Bob's not on the on the quiz, so we're just giving ourselves credit. Oh, we got three for three. And he, he's going to yeah. write back, like, no, you're wrong on all accounts. But, you know, mm. go oh, ahead and congratulate have, yourself. We'll have the answers in here somewhere. I think they're usually at the end. And <laughs> okay. yeah, this is the way we it have goes. Been, we always get we them all right. We have been overconfidently way wrong before. <laughs> yeah. Okay, number four. Who is the Arthur that played characters named Mrs. Findlay and Mrs. Zbornak? In two sure. popular sitcoms of the 70s and 80s, respectively, served in the U.S. Marine Corps Reserve <laughs> during World War II. We predicted this one And too. is the central character in a joke associated with Rich Eisen. Oh, yeah, I know yes. this one. Because of the third thing only. B. Arthur. Wait a minute. If you would have given me Golden Girls, I totally would have had it. Yeah, that's true. Well, Maude, that's too. He did. He sort of. He gave you. Oh, 80s. Popular sitcoms, yeah. 80s. Yeah, that's Miss. Oh, yeah. Zbornak, Dorothy Smornak. Yeah. Yeah. And is it uh, Maude, Maude Finley? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. That was a big, like, 70s sitcom. Harold and Maude, yeah. correct? 
I think uh, that no, was different. That would be that would be way different. That's yeah, a movie. That's a oh, movie. Okay. Harold and Ma. Okay, let's move on. Sort of dive into in, this. Yeah, go on. <laughs> let's oh, get into this. Shoot. I um, thought I nailed it. Maud is the sitcom with B. Arthur and Adrian Barbo. Oh, it was called just Maud. Okay. Maud. Right. And I and I believe Steve can correct me on this. It, that was the one that had the theme song, and then there's Maud. <laughs> well, I don't. I actually don't remember. But I sing a little bit more. Maybe I'll come back. That's to all me. I know. That's the only line I know. <laughs> I think I just, that was part of the opening credits. But I mean, I watched that show. I watched like reruns of that show in the eighties, right? Not because of B. Arthur. <laughs> um, and now let's go on to the next. Okay. Thing. So um, the um, and I think that so that's the sitcom Maud. Right. Harold and Maud is the movie. With the like twenty year old kid and like the seventy year old woman, who have the kind of like May December May romance, December romance. fall in love. Yeah. Oh, I don't. I, I don't know. Seen that. It was um, what was her name? Her the the actress that played it, I had heard of and like knew her from other things. This was like in the seventies too, maybe maybe early seventies. I've never seen this movie. I just know about it. That's a, no. you, you've exceeded it's a phrase my you've uttered many times. I've never seen yeah. this movie. I just know everything about it. I mean, I, added I don't know that. I don't know. But... Yeah, I don't know the actor's name. I can't remember the guy's name. I don't know if he ever went on to do anything else or not. He's probably some famous actor that I don't that I'm forgetting. But anyway, wait a minute. I have to go. B. Arthur served in the U.S. Marine Corps Reserve during World War II. Well, uh, according to Bob. I knew that she was in some sort of military service. I didn't know that. Huh. That's what it was. I didn't know. Yeah, she's tough. She, mm-hmm. That she was. Tough old broad, yeah. Yes. Okay, number five. Who is the Arthur that discovered the runes of the Hindu, um, anybody, help, Kaneswaram, Kaneswaram sure. Temple? Hindu Kaneswaram Temple, who won two Hugo and two Nebula Awards and wrote the short story The Sentinel, which ultimately contributed to the popularity of Richard Strauss's orchestral Thus Spoke Zarathustra. Thanks a lot, Bob, for all those t- tough words. <laughs> Zarathustra. I think he made he made this one up just so he could throw all those words in there for you to pronounce. <laughs> right. uh, uh, I've got no idea on this one. Four for um, five is not. I mean, bad. I know I nailed the other four, <laughs> yeah. but I've got no idea on this one. Hmm. I'm gonna go with something, something Arthur. But other than that, yeah. Uh, let's 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 think about this one for a minute because Bob is known to put in. Jeopardy style questions where even if you don't know the answer, which is the reason why I get these quizzes. Well, right. what are Hugo? What's a Hugo and a Nebula award? A Hugo is, I think, a British uh, award. Like an Oscar? No, that's a BAFTA. Okay. But the Hugo, I think, is some sort of creative award or something. Okay. But it, I, I mean, I could be way wrong. Short story so the Hugo Sentinel. to me is a car from Yugoslavia. That no longer oh, is this is made. um, is this Arthur C. Clarke? I think a Hugo is a book award, and okay. a Nebula is a science fiction book award, and the Sentinel is an Arthur C. Clarke story. Okay, I can go with that. Yeah. <laughs> Although, is it Arthur P. Clarke though? You might be wrong on the initial. <laughs> <laughs> I could be way wrong on this. Okay. That. All it right. would be it would be out of character for Bob to do all these other ones that are last names or pieces of last names or uh-huh. King Arthur fictional characters. Wait to throw the fictional character in there right at the beginning, Bob. I don't <laughs> yeah. want to tell you how to do and your quizzes. And where's Dudley Moore? I mean, that's the only yes, Arthur I, I knew. 
How did he, he not put Arthur. in? Uh, Christopher Cross wrote a song about he, this, and it wasn't sailing. He got drunk between the moon and Mi- New York New City. New York City, yes. Yeah. Come yeah. on. <laughs> oh, look at we have a bonus question. Oh, number six. So we're, are we going? Wait, wait, are we going Arthur C. Clarke for number five? Yes, we are. Uh, well, okay, Arthur, I'm no going to go with. with I'm going to go with Arthur P. Clarke. Arthur P. Clarke. Okay. okay. Number six. Who is the Arthur that was a, a physician and an eye doctor, received a knighthood in 1902? And created a fictional character who the Guinness Book of World Records says is the most portrayed literary, literary human figure in movies and TV. Arthur Conan Doyle. Probably, oh. and it's it's um it's um Sherlock Holmes. Sherlock Holmes, yeah. I think you're right. He created that. He, yeah. he created Sherlock. Arthur Conan Doyle wrote um, Sherlock Holmes. I keep wanting to say Shakespeare. I don't know why. Arthur, <laughs> wrote. the author. There we go. You got both of them there, KJ. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's true. I did. Arthur, the author. Good. Okay. That's so. another good show to watch. Oh, Sherlock. Yes, but that's not yes. on HBO, but that's okay. No. Nah. That's, you it's can a, you find can that streaming. It's on Netflix. Anywhere. That is good. You're talking about the Sherlock with Benedict Cumberbatch and... Yes. And, mm-hmm. um, and The Hobbit and Dude from The Office. Yes, he was on the office. British office. Yep, he was. He was. What, it, What's I don't his think his name? name was Jim. What's his name? Uh, You're talking about. He was also guy. in Fargo. He was in Fargo. He was one also of the TV shows, um, Fargo. Bilbo Baggins. Um, what's his name? Something Arthur. No. Oh, I thought we were still in the quiz. Something Arthur. Um. No, he's good though. He's uh, Freeman. 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 Martin yes, Freeman. Martin Freeman. Yes. Okay. Well, we got that question right. So we nailed another right. one. Seven. We got seven out of six. Okay. So do you, yeah, eat that, Bob. Seven out of six. Yeah, I have the answers here. Um, okay. Let's, let's get into it. Actually, I don't, wait, wait, wait. Number five could be completely wrong. Number five? Yeah, that was the Arthur C. Clarke. Oh, okay. Well, we'll find out. Number one is Arthur Pendagon or Pendagon or Pendragon? Pendagon? Pendragon. I would say Pendragon since it's King Arthur. And then he says in parentheses, King Arthur is an acceptable answer. Good job, Steve. All right. That was great, man. I I literally had no idea. And then he says... My brain was not working in that one. The watery tart, as she is called in Monty Python and the Holy Grail 1975, is the Lady of the Lake who legend says bestowed on Arthur the sword Excalibur. Arthur's sorcerer advisor was Merlin and his um, retinue retinue was the Knights of the the Round Table. I don't know what it is. R-E-T-I-N-U-E. I I think he's getting French on us. Retinue. 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 I like like the way you pronounce that. Yeah. Okay, so nailed number one. One for one. Number two. Good job, Steve. Douglas MacArthur. Was the answer? Douglas. Was yes. only forty-four years old when he was promoted to major general. Peck, wow, I didn't know that. No, that's pretty young. Me- Peck mm-hmm. Gregory Peck played the general in MacArthur, nineteen seventy-seven, and Jones portrayed him in Emperor, twenty twelve. MacArthur received the Japanese surrender on board the USS Missouri, September second, nineteen forty-five. Yep, I think we got that. I think General MacArthur is good enough for that one. Yeah, he didn't say that, that was acceptable, but we're saying it. Full credit. But yeah, that's I, I go by Jeopardy rules, which if you get the last name and like a title, it's good enough. <laughs> yeah, number three, take a bow, Mister Lip. Arthur right. Treacher's yes film career included the title role as the perfect valet in Thank You Jeeves, 
1936. Oh, there goes Bob again with movies before the 50s. Yes. I've never heard of that. I love that we got this. I love that we got question one because of Monty Python, or Steve (laughs) did. We got two because I knew that uh, Gregory Peck played him. (laughs) And then we got three because of a cheesy bad out-of-business fast food restaurant and not any of this other stuff. I swear, I didn't know anything about Arthur Treacher other than... (laughs) <laughs> the uh, fast food His first name was Arthur. Right. <laughs> well, now you know he played in a movie called Thank You Jeeves in 1936 and numerous other roles as a butler. Treacher mm-hmm. also co-starred in four films with Shirley Temple, most notably The Little Princess in 1939. That's some typecasting right there. And mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Thank You Jeeves, and he most of the time he played a butler. butler yeah. Well, ask or Jeeves. a valet. <laughs> yeah. Maybe he should have created that instead of, you know, <laughs> poor man's Long John Silver's. Yeah. Treacher lent his name and perhaps his recipe to the Arthur Treacher's Fish and Chips franchise and served as Merv's, oh yeah, Merv Griffin frontman from 65 to 70. I didn't know that. No, so, me either. So he was the Ed McMahon, Ed McMahon of, of, of uh, Merv Griffin? I guess yeah, so. Must be. I don't remember I that. Love- I love the Seinfeld episode, isn't it? The Merv Griffin set. Yes, it is. That Kramer puts in his apartment. Oh, I right. don't remember That's that one. one. Uh, yeah. And he's, he has people on, and then he has like a, he wants to get animal guests on, so he gets somebody with a hawk, and it like attacks people. Yes. See, that's what I need to do is rewatch Seinfeld next. Yeah. Yeah, those are good. With I, all my I time. Watched, yeah. I, like five years ago, they started like rerunning them on like TBS or one of those, you know, one of those um, secondary cable networks. And so I would just, and every day they would show like two episodes from like five to six. And so I would just be here eating or whatever and I'd just watch it, put it on one and would DVR it and then just, you know, zip through it. And because they run so many commercials, each episode's only like 20 minutes long. Uh-huh. Right. Yeah. Okay. Number four, B. Arthur. Yeah. Portrayed the title character in Maude, 1972 to 78. I think he, he means Harold and Maude, but I'll just go with Maude. <laughs> okay. And was so Dor- she would, she would have actually been too young to play Maud and Harold and Maud at that point. <laughs> yeah, that's oh, a good okay. point. And and she's one of these people that like I felt like she was seventy in the seventies. Yes, the whole time. <laughs> she was an old she's, soul, she, as they say. Yes, she was. She's always been like eighty years old to me. <laughs> and she was Dorothy in the Golden Girls, nineteen eighty five to nineteen ninety two. Mm-hmm. Arthur worked as a truck driver and typist for the Marine Corps Women's Reserve and was honorably discharged with the rank of Staff Sergeant in 1944. Nice. Wow. The B. Arthur joke was never politically correct and cannot be repeated here. Definitely not. <laughs> but you could look that up on, I'm sure, YouTube somewhere, some, you know. Yes. Or some archive. Uh, number five. Again, I'm going to call into question Bob's. Uh, answer here he says sir arthur c clark <laughs> i said arthur p clark but we'll go with arthur c clark won both the yes. Hugo and nebula awards for his science fiction novels rendezvous with rama 1974 and the fountains mm-hmm. of paradise 1980 the sentinel mm-hmm. served as the basis for the movie 2001 a space odyssey from mm-hmm. 1968 yep. which screenplay clark co-wrote with director stanley kubrick and which features the prelude from strauss's work Yes. Clark was an avid scuba diver who moved to Ceylon, present-day Sri Lanka, hmm. to pursue his av- avocation and there discovered the underwater ruins of the Hindu temple in 1956. Nice. There's a, um, there's a reference on one of the DKE songs to a book he wrote, The City and the Stars. Well, thank goodness you got that one right then. That's how I knew it, because <laughs> okay. yeah, I've read that book. 
Uh, and wow. now the bonus answer. Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. Yep. Rocks. Trained as doctor and an ophthalmologist, but gave up his medical practice and turned to writing full-time following the popular success of his novel, A Study in Scarlet, 1887, mm-hmm. which introduced Holmes and Watson. Oh, really? Is that old, huh? In 2012, yeah. Guinness reported that over 75 actors had portrayed Holmes in 254 films and TV shows. These actors run the gamut from Christopher Lee and Basil Rathbone to Robert Downey Jr. and Will Ferrell. Mm. And Lucy and Liu? Lucy Liu, yes. Well, she, I think she played Watson. She's, right? she's Watson, right. Yeah. They have a British guy playing. And Benedict yeah. Cumberbatch. Benedict yes. Cumberbatch. Yeah. Uh, so, again. Those books are good. If you've never read any of those short stories, they're short, and you can get like a collection. I mean, they're all public domain. You can get them online for free. Uh, so I, I downloaded a bunch of them on Kindle and like hmm. five years ago and read most of them. But it's I'd read them when I was a kid. Um, so I got a book for Christmas like in the early 80s, and so I've read most of these. It I think they're actually really, really good and important to read if you're interested in critical thinking and, you know, well, there Deduction. it is right there. I'm not interested yeah. in critical thinking. I've that actually, sounds like a lot of work. <laughs> I've actually have read some of those books. Um, They're very entertaining. But I had not did not recall the author's name. Come at me, Neil in Rockville, if you want, who berated me for not knowing who <laughs> William Goldman was. I was not the only one on that podcast who didn't know who William Goldman was either. And I would, I would, I would venture to the guess that most people don't know. If you ask them who wrote The Princess Bride, they're not going to be able to pull William, William Goldman. They're just no. not. And did you know that? I didn't know he passed away this year because he was in the In Memoriam video. Yeah, I, I said that on the podcast. Oh, Thanks I must have listening. been uh, drinking some coffee at that very moment or something. Uh, <laughs> I said he just passed away like in the last few months. Oh, uh, yeah. I must have been still reeling from the fact that I didn't know who he was. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's So uh, totally nailed yeah. the Arthur quiz. That's surprising. Yes. I'm not sure I know very many more. About Dudley Moore. See, I love it when we have a the guest who's on or the th- in the third chair is really we because we wouldn't have gotten Arthur Treacher. I wouldn't have pulled that. I, I definitely would not certain. have gotten that one. I would have said and Long we, John Silver's before I got Arthur Treacher. <laughs> <laughs> He's an Arthur too. <laughs> Oh, oh gosh! And yet you will you will be dead silent when I put out any of my pun jokes. I should just be dead silent when you do that. You make puns. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh good. I'm not trying to so, know yes. very many other Arthur's. Maybe I get get Artie Shaw, Shaw Orchestra. That's about it. Yeah. Well. Yeah. I, I the only other one that I I thought of when we first started this and started when you said Arthur Treacher and we talked about B Arthur. Which two for two on those predictions? Right. Good job, Steve. Mm-hmm. Um, I was going to say Arthur the movie. You know, that's the right. only so, one. The only one yeah. that I thought of. Was Besides a- the other three that we had already that led into this business in the first place. So yeah. Yes. Well, that was a fun quiz. Thank you, Quizmaster. Yes. yes, that was really good. that was a good one, Bob. That the first one threw me off, and that's good. That's you. He did a good job of taking it a completely different direction than I was thinking, which is great. Although he may take issue, you did not say Sir Arthur Clark. You just said Arthur. I mean, sorry, Sir Arthur, both Sir Arthur Conan Doyle and Sir Arthur C. Clark. True, but their born their birth names actually Are were that, and then they they, <laughs> yeah. they were eventually knighted, but they weren't True. that that yeah. name the whole who, life. 
Who is it that named their kids Sir recently? <laughs> That's actually genius. Know. That's genius. In the in the last few years, it's like in the last ten years or so that somebody, some like famous, I think it was a singer or musician, named their kid first name Sir. It was like Sir, and then they had a middle name, so it was like Sir something. Were they? Who is are it? they British? Okay, I'm gonna have to look this up now. That's a no, great I don't think idea. So. That's a great idea. <laughs> it's, it's, it sounds like something that I would do as a joke. Right. I, I know. I know. Uh, Michael Jackson had a. Uh, son or a daughter named Prince. I guess a son named Prince. Prince. Yeah, yeah. Prince. And Blanket. Yeah. Don't forget the other child's name. Blanket. Right. Exactly. Uh, yeah. It's Beyonce's kid. <laughs> really? Sir oh, really? Carter. Yeah. If Jen would have been on, see, she would have got, she would have known she that. Known. So Sir Sir Carter, that's it? Yeah. Or is there Sir, a middle name? Let, let me, I can look at it. I just, I just saw that that was the first. Maybe. That's amazing. It's one of the twins. Yeah, Blue Ivy, Rumi, or Rummy, which don't name your kid after a drink. Or a, um, or a board or game. A or, yeah, or a game, right. yeah. Card game, gin, gin Rummy. And, and Sir Carter, yeah. Sir Carter, I like that. I think that's funny. Yeah. Genius. <laughs> Here is, here's Jay-Z explaining when... When the kids were born, Sir was like, man, come out the gate. He carries himself like that. He just came out like, Sir. <laughs> so that's why they named him that. That's oh awesome. Oh, my God. Yeah. I don't know if you say it. Never mind. <laughs> yeah. Move on. That's right. <laughs> okay. Thanks for the quiz, Bob. Yes, thank you. <laughs> that was a good one. Do we have a guest on the show this week? Answer no or yes, it's a binary thing. Do we have a guest? Do we have a guest? Answer no or yes. Um, yeah, he's been with us for the whole show. Can we move on now, please? Why, hello there, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks for listening. And I can't do this voice anymore. If you'd like to send us feedback, you can reach us on Twitter at SpeakTangents, via email at speakingoftangentspodcast at gmail.com, or you can leave us a voice tweet. KJ's cell phone number is 86... No, I'm just kidding. But if you'd really like to leave us a voicemail, you can reach us at 406-905-1912. Leave us a message. Feedback in accents gets bonus points. Maybe we'll play it on the show. I don't even honestly know. I'll definitely listen to it. Make us laugh. And you might get on the show. Or at least we'll talk about it. Or maybe not. What is life? I'm not kidding. That's a real number. Leave us a message. If you want. I mean, I don't want to be the one to tell you what to do. Do we have any feedback this week? We we do have feedback, yeah. We have a lot of feedback. So go to the Twitter. This is just a small sampling. So this is yes. from Jolene Wojcik at JMR Wojcik. Thank you for the Nebraska love today, KJ. And Grand Island has 55,000 people. Hashtag not a village. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Jen, nice job in the third chair. So, yeah, I, I think someone else on this podcast made me aware that there was not 13,000 people in Grand yes. Island after we finished recording. I had to look it up, so. Yeah. Because I'd never heard of Grand Island until we knew Jolene. 
stuff. And then Jolene, I, I didn't know. I apparently the slogan that I thought was a joke was actually Nebraska's tourism slogan. I which love is, that so much. Honestly, like, it's not for everyone. I was perfect. just seeing that, like the football coach was talking about that yes. Scott Frost the other yeah. day. Yes, Jolene yep. tweeted us that later. I mean, and that's hilarious. <laughs> It's not like a one percenter thing. It's no, <laughs> no. it's not. I love, I love that <laughs> we were joking, and that's literally what the slogan is. Honestly, yes. it's I don't know. Fair. Maybe Ed was aware of it, but I didn't have. I thought it was a joke. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, I thought he was. A, I thought he was joking too. I thought he was playing off of what I was saying. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Well, so. Uh, you know, maybe I'm so not you're good on the enough. right track with this. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, it's, yeah, that's what it is. We're, we're, I'm we not good enough for a, a Nebraska. We don't so. meet the bar. The yeah, the bar is high. We don't get there. I understand. Uh-huh. I'm not good enough for a lot of people. <laughs> okay, next is Bobby Godfrey at Bobby Godfrey. In D.C., the big porta potty company is Don's Johns. During the last inauguration, the then incoming administration had people go out and tape over the logo on all eight billion of them down on the National Mall. Ridiculous. Mm. We talked about porta potties versus whatever you call them last week. And right. this podcast being in the toilet. Yes, and the podcast Once being in the toilet, <laughs> which got no reaction except for uh, we're done with the podcast. Don's Johns is a f- um, quite the name. Yeah. Yes. I didn't know that. Well, I do live in the Washington D.C. area, so that that's sort of you sort of refer to them like you say clinics for for tissue. You say, sure. yeah, I've got to go to the, the Don John. Hmm. Right. Oh, so you do say Don's John? Don's John. Uh, I ha- that that has sort of become a sort of seeped into the vernacular of hmm. of uh, you know, living and being a D.C. resident for like thirty years. Hmm. That's better than Biffy, which is the Minnesota vernacular. Whoa, Biffy. I, someday I'll look up what that actually stands for. But you know what? I really don't care. Um, <laughs> Smitty Scoop at Smitty Scoop. Hashtag today's win. After losing a hockey game by a score of 11 to 2, my daughter says, while walking to the car, let's listen to the rest of the Speaking of Tangents podcast on the ride home. Un- end quote. What? She's not yet a fan of TK show, but I keep trying. <laughs> yep. <laughs> she She didn't care about losing. She just wanted to finish our podcast. Maybe it puts her to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it does. Maybe she's like, well, we already kind of lost. My day's shot anyway. Might as well finish that podcast. Yeah. What's the point? It's all over with. Uh, yeah. Might as well just listen to this. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Speaking it's, of tangents. It's your, view, it's, your view, it's your viewpoint, same viewpoint that you had about TV shows that only last three exactly. seasons. Exactly. Yes. Honestly, okay. it's not for everyone. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. right. There you go. This, that's that's the should, name of this yeah, podcast. Yeah, we should now. adopt Nebraska's tagline for this podcast. <laughs> Steel, okay. you mean? <laughs> Steel, yes, not adopt. Yes. Uh, Jenny Robbins at Robbins underscore Jenny. The Amish at the Annapolis market are Mennonites. So they <laughs> so they do dress. Wait, that, is, <laughs> that is a great sentence. <laughs> Isn't it awesome? Yeah, because yes. they're not the same. Um, uh, but she said, <laughs> they do dress in the typical Amish manner, but have no issues with using electricity and driving cars. And then, Makes speaking sense. of the quiz master earlier, Bob Walsh at Adadiah followed up with, the Mennonites are Anabaptist, Anabaptists, a sect I formed during the Reformation. The Amish split off from the Mennonites in the 1600s. Practices of the groups vary widely, but it seems that the Mennonites are more likely to embrace technology than the Amish, and their donuts are to die for. Yes. They're so just... they're Mennonite donuts, not Amish donuts. Mm. Um... 
That's what I'm getting from the, on the one in Annapolis, the one that Jen went to. I think so, but then may it may be called Amish donuts. My take on all this is how puritanical do you have to be to say, okay, these Mennonite people are way too wild for us. We got to tone this down. <laughs> I had a friend in college who, who grew up Mennonite, and she said, yeah. like, in high school, she had to like leave the house in the Mennonite clothes, and they would like hide their jeans and stuff to get to school, and they would. They would, you know, change into their, <laughs> Absolutely. you know, their Jordash or whatever it was in the in their eighties. Um, but yep. I was like, wow, that's, Jordash. That's, yeah, nothing gets between I, a Mennonite and their Jordash. I went, yeah. I went to a Baptist. <laughs> <laughs> There's all kinds of ways oh, that that yeah. could go. <laughs> yep, we could just move on from that comment right. right there. Yes, <laughs> and you know, and speaking of Amish, a couple people, uh, Jeff Turner, I think, and I think it was Sully from Boston. Mm-hmm told us that the name of that year-long um, break from the Amish, where they can go out and explore the, re- the real world or the alternative world, Roomspringa. Roomspringa. Yeah. Oh, did you know oh, okay. that, Steve? Oh, I should have just paused I, and asked you. That's a, that's a very common term. Like I, I just called it something. Freedom? I didn't realize that that applied to Amish people, too. I, no. I've heard that with other, like, religious, like, um, how, how do I want to say this without insulting people? Uh, uh, other religions that kind of shun culture and society more, mm-hmm. um, that are kind of sheltered people. That that I've heard that with other like oh, okay other religions, but not Amish. I don't anyway. think you have to worry about offending people since I just said the real world instead of <laughs> an alternative. <laughs> that, that is true. I'm low on the scale. Well, I, you're I, safe there. Like, I didn't see. mean it. <laughs> Like most of my knowledge, apparently, I I got that from the movie uh, Kingpin. Um, oh, uh, uh-huh. oh yeah, with uh, Woody Harrelson and uh, what's his face? Right, uh, um, uh, Owen Wilson, Randy Quaid. Oh. oh, that's right, Randy Quaid. Right, he he played the like he was supposed to be a young Amish boy. Of course, he was like forty years old when they're shooting the movie, and uh, <laughs> he went on the Rumspringa, you know, and and then I think he he got in a big bowl off with or maybe Woody Harrelson did with Bill Murray who was just an awful character it was awesome you know so I don't like, think I've seen of, Kingpin I mean it's you know it's Woody Harrelson lost a bet I think and they cut his hand off so he couldn't yeah. bowl so he, they he stuck found his a, hand into the like ball return thing, right I think so he <laughs> found an Amish uh an Amish kid to take his place and sort of mentor it was kind of like the color of money with the uh, uh um Paul Newman. Yes, exactly. Yes. Woody yeah. Harrelson oh. in the Paul Newman role. That's that's how so, good it was. So now <laughs> the Hall of Famer will want to also see Kingpin. And yeah. by the way, Jason, she does want to see Witness after last week's podcast. Oh. Yeah, and I was I was corrected that that was actually considered to be a really good movie. It was it was his yeah. only Oscar nomination. I think that was yeah. Bobby Gottfried that said that. Yeah, um, but consider when I was that movie came out when I was like ten years old. And I saw it when I was like 10 years old, yeah. which I should yeah. not have seen this movie at 10 years old, by the right. way. But I saw this movie, and to me, it was super slow and boring when I'm used to Star Wars and Empire Strikes Back. Right. Yeah. I mean, it so was literally my, about hiding my... out, you know, where no one could see you or hear you. It's, you know. Yeah, yes. <laughs> and like the most intense scene of the movie was Harrison Ford watching Kelly McGillis take a bath because it was <laughs> forbidden. It was forbidden because it was, she was oh, Amish. Sure. Well, yeah, Kelly McGillis, Top Gun? Yes, yes, that 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 Kelly McGillis. He also well, played the radio for her, though and danced with her. I think. 
Like yes, you know, which oh, I I know that's supposed for, to dance. Uh-uh. He helped them build a barn. That's right. They did a barn raising scene. Um, wow. And okay. The guy dies in the end in the corn. In the side. Wait, side. wait, wait, wait! Yeah. You can't. Don't. don't uh, oh, uh, sorry. That's right. Don't listen to that Hall of Famer. Just cut at fifty-seven or whatever time minute. Well, we don't know who the guy is. Oh, it's probably okay. some, yeah, you the don't guy, know. Probably, the guy. Some guy named Arthur. I will say right it's there. a, it's a, it's a. I like the ending of that movie. Yeah. Oh. Okay. You probably will not. Will I cry like a star is born? Because then I'm out. Yeah, Bradley um, Cooper dies. It's a, it's a spoiler. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know what my problem with the star is born is? What's that? She goes by Lady Gaga in the like cat in like the credits. Oh, does she? Instead yes. of Stephanie, whatever. Stephanie Germanata. Just go with your. At this yeah. point, use your name. It's like if The Rock just only went by The Rock in credits mm-hmm. now. Mm. He's Dwayne The Rock Johnson, but still, do Stephanie Lady Gaga Germanata if you want to. Okay. Yeah, I guess I didn't know that. That's a weird reason to dislike that movie, but that's the, that's honestly the reason why I probably won't see it. She was good in that movie, though. Yeah, I heard she was really good. Mm-hmm. I, I'm I'm fully admitting I'm an idiot. I'm just saying. <laughs> That's okay. a whack that one. Make sure you get that sound bite. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, fully Definitely, yeah. Just saying. <laughs> so we have I... lots of talk about donuts. Um, and in fact, I won't, I won't, because we're running low on time this, this, this episode. Mm-hmm. My friend Rachel went out and did a review on duck donuts based on something that James Cunningham said. Um, is this like Arthur Treacher's started the, the Treacher's seafood restaurant? Is this Duck Donuts started by the Duck Dynasty guys? I don't know. Look, no. I never heard of Duck Donuts. I thought I honestly thought James made a typo and he meant to write Dunkin' Donuts. Well, well so I can I can actually answer this. There's a town in, in the Outer Banks called Duck. Oh. Uh, oh. Uh, in North Carolina. Um mm-hmm. I used to when I was in college, I would spend my summers down there. And so Duck Donuts literally started in Duck, North Carolina. Wow. And, that makes and, so much more sense to me. Yeah. And I yes, think they're, they're made out of ducks. Their deal is, is like you call, you go in and you order a special made donut and they make it right then. So, oh, yeah. I have it all written down yeah. in a long review if we'd want to go there. Yeah, but I and, know we are running out of time. Right. Well, maybe maybe we do our spinoff podcast that we're starting called Food and Donuts. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> but I think the, the bottom line was it was good, but they're cake donuts, and she's not a fan of cake donuts. She would go back, but not for two months because it was very filling. Oh, yeah. They're, they are made to order, and they're hot when you get them, all good things, but also cake donuts. So I don't know if I would want them. I've, I've, I've done duck donuts before. They, they are really good. Okay, so there but, you go. See, there's there's firsthand testimony to mm-hmm. to right. refute the or to rebut. It's a rebuttal to the written review. Well, just, the written review goes in favor of duck donuts, but not still. Krispy Kreme is her favorite because they're fine. a raised donut. That's fair. that's fair. Yeah, I like cake donuts a lot. So yeah. I, maybe I need to find this. Place. And there's, there's a Krispy there's Kreme. Be one in Atlanta. Uh, there, there's a Krispy Kreme factory in Alexandria where where you, you can Ooh. get them hot there too. <gasps> I mean, you actually see the conveyor line like you, you, you sort of, you know, when you go in into like a, a restaurant, like a fast food restaurant and, and, mm-hmm. and you, you sort of like have a long corridor to get in the front of the line. They actually have like a, a window and you can watch them come off the conveyor belt and they are fantastic. Yep. Oh, we how have... far is Alexandria from D.C.? Because I will be in D.C. in June and I might need to go <laughs> to this place. It is well, probably within 20 minutes, 25 okay. minutes. Route I'm, I'm one. I will, I will tell you what's closer to you. To Duck me? Donuts. Atlanta. 
and there's one there's the exact same the same thing with the window and the conveyor belts like five minutes from my house how come you don't go every day because i don't want to weigh 400 pounds (laughs) oh thank gosh we don't thank (laughs) thankfully thankfully we do not have a duck or well actually we do have a duck donuts right next to my friend rachel's house but we don't have a krispy kreme near me so we should swap where we live then is what you're saying. Yes. You would love it here. You, <laughs> yeah, we just got 10 donuts, inches of snow. Yeah, you'd love yes, it. Yes, I'm all about that. <laughs> so we will, we, I will um, skip the review, although thank you, Rachel, for doing that. Uh, I didn't really have to twist her arm much. She just walked right over there, she said. Well, drove, but. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, she got paid in donuts. So. She got paid in donuts. She did say <laughs> they were rather expensive donuts. That was on the list of cons. Mm-hmm. Oh. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so we did have. I thought we were going to get through an episode without Oreos. We did have some Oreo talk. I think Todd Takei and Ed Butt tweeted us two different things about Oreos. One was an Oreo waffle cone, I think. And Ed Butt was uh, ice cream sandwiches, he said, are second only to the original Oreos as the perfect food. I have to, uh, I, I have to go yeah. against that. I'm not an ice cream oh. sandwich fan. Oh, come on. No. I, I, you hate little baby animals too? I like my ice cream in a bowl, first of all, and I like it melted, and I like crap all over it. By crap, I mean hot fudge. <laughs> okay, we've gone before, a way different direction Before now. you comment, by crap, I mean hot fudge, caramel, <laughs> toppings. I like toppings. I don't like it sandwiched in a sandwich. I well, think we should do a poll of, and we'll start here, because you say you're, you're bowl over cone. I'm 100% cone over bowl. What do you think, Steve? Well, it depends on on the situation. I mean, soft serve That's definitely answer. definitely cone, um, mm-hmm. but you know, some ice cream I I do like in a bowl with uh, as KJ would say, crap all over it. Yes. Okay. <laughs> getting back to the original thing though, the, the I like ice cream sandwiches and I like eating them. The problem with it is that your mm-hmm. entire your fingerprint area is basically covered with the cake. That, oh, that's yes. the best part. I know. That's the but, best part, then you can but, lick it off. Yes, you can. But you know, it's it's just one of those things. You you, you look at it and and you got. Five finger. I mean, you got ten fingers full of this ice cream sandwich stuff. And you're like, mm-hmm. how did I get here? Yeah. You know? Well, that's how I feel about Cheetos. I, but I, and, and and how can I get here again? Is the follow up to that? Well, that's question. what I say that's about good. Cheetos. Yeah, I'd rather eat yeah. Cheetos and get messy fingers than an ice cream sandwich. Yes. Whenever you can say something is finger looking good, TM, then you are <laughs> in the right food zone. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. That is a, that's the test. That's a litmus test for 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 Jason. Finger looking See, good. Yes. I just don't like soft serve very much. You know, well, I'm not, I don't either. I'm not a soft serve. If I get person. soft serve, I have to. I have to dilute it with crap to to to, to eat it. Sprinkles and yeah. fudge and yeah. see, I'm I'm, I'm kind of forgiving am, though. I'll, I'll tell you, it's, if it's ice cream, it's still ice cream. You know what yeah, I mean? That, I mean, is soft serve really ice cream though? You know, is it really? No, not. I'm not sure that it is. No. I, it like might be McDonald's is what I think of when you say soft serve, right? But there, Which there, is not. When I, when I was a kid. Uh, I grew up a little bit in Ohio, and there's a place called The Freeze. The Freeze. Oh, yeah. and who knows what the, what what was in that ice cream? But I the loved freeze. it. We used, to, we used to go after every baseball yeah. game. Uh, shout out to my boys in the uh, in the G League at uh, in you know Akron, Ohio. Uh, wait, 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 wait! Akron, Ohio? Yeah. Are you kidding me? I lived in near Copley. When I lived in Green Township. When really? Uh, so what what years was this? Uh, I lived 1973 to 1977. Okay, you were a decade before me. Gotcha. Uh, um, yeah, I was I was right down there, um, uh, Herbrick uh, Elementary School, I think. Uh, yeah. And uh, 
loved it. It was right kind of near where the bowling, like they, they have like the, the bowling championship. And uh, it was, it mm -hmm. was great. Lived it for four years and then, and then moved <laughs> to the DC area. So I didn't know that uh, you were a fellow Ohioan for a while. Yeah. I lived there for two years and then I went back there uh, and I went to the university of Akron for one semester oh, because wow. I my zips. Parents had moved back there. Yes. The Akron zips. <laughs> I ran around that, that football field <laughs> in, uh, in uh, 1975. Actually, I can give you the date. May 30th, 1975. I saw Dennis Eckersley throw a no-hitter for the Indians. Whoa. And, cool. and uh, my dad, my brother, and I went. Total ticket cost $3. Man. $1 each because it was in the municipal stadium, 80,000-seat stadium. Was, yeah. You know, once, once the opening day stepped. Frank Robinson was the manager, you know, rest in peace. Yeah. Uh, and they were wearing, like, the red, red bottom pants and the red top in the 70s style. It was glorious. Yes. But, uh, you know, three bucks for, for three people to see a no-hitter is pretty cool. Did you yes. save that ticket stub? Uh, I'm sure I didn't. We probably, you know, if I had caught a baseball, we probably played with it in the, in the yard or whatever. Yep. You know? yep. We did, didn't do that. It was simpler thing. times. Yeah. I might have, the, you know, I probably have my baseball cards from that era, but, you know, um, that's about it. You know, not that they're ever going to make me any money, but, I, you know, I, that's kind of a piece of nostalgia I hold on to. I have, I have awesome. a, I also have piece. like a. Cincinnati Reds, like when the Reds played in the playoffs, uh, I want to say 75, we went to the, mm -hmm. went to the game against the Pirates. And I think I've got like that program at home. I might even have yeah. an Indians program too. That was Big Red Machine, right? That's right. That was Pete Rose and Joe Morgan and who that, was on that team? Uh, uh, Johnny Bench. You had George yeah. Foster uh, in, in right. Geronimo. You had uh, Ken Griffey Sr. Mm -hmm. uh, I oh. think he was playing right field. Uh, Concepcion at short. Um, That's a team right there, man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Joe Morgan at second, you now Hall of Famer. Uh, mm -hmm. Perez at first. I mean, what a team. I couldn't name too many pitchers, though. I was a, and a big baseball guy, so. Um, but Sparky Anderson was the manager. Uh, yep. Oh, before he went to the Tigers. That's right. I'd yeah. forgotten he was the Reds manager. Perhaps Don Gullett was still on the team. I think he went to the Yankees later on. But that's a team that won uh, – the 75, the, the World Series against the Red Sox with the Carlton mm -hmm. Fisk, you know, waving the ball on and all that. That was arguably the best World Series ever. Uh, yeah, that's that's the shot. That TV shot is often credited with creating how still today producers and directors film and frame shots of sports on TV. It's fantastic. They stayed on him waving the ball instead of following the ball like they all did at that time. Right. And the people's response to that was, wow. And so that's that became a big direction in how to shoot sports is to get into the emotion and the the shoot the player don't just follow the action constantly right. i'll have to look that clip up because i think of carlton fisk uh and waving at the foul pole when i think of right yeah, that's what i'm talking that's about the one yeah that's what it is oh. yeah, that's it <laughs> but it was an isolated shot normally what oh, they would okay, have done okay. is they would have they would have like you know he would have swung and then they thanks for joining us on the podcast <laughs> there you go. that's right i, I, was, I was thinking was, about you know coffee ice cream which is the only good hard <laughs> ice cream yeah. Well, I, I I want to throw it out there. There's three options. There's there's um, sandwiches, mm -hmm. bowls, mm -hmm. or cones. I like it all. You know, I'll bowls. take it in any form I can get it. I'll I'll take frozen <laughs> yogurt. I don't care. Yeah, intravenous. <laughs> intravenous. Yeah, frozen Delilah. yogurt is good with crap on it. You know, that's that's what I. I guess I like Klondike bars. Do they con are they considered sandwiches? Yeah, I mean uh, that might that might be a different. That might be uh, we might have a fourth in the running here. Right. That may be like um, outside it's like coated. a sealed. Yeah. yeah, it's like a if it's if it's coated. So yeah. cones, sandwiches, bowl, or coated. 
And if you think you of anything else, throw that out there on Twitter too. Well, yeah. Yeah. What what is a I mean this is an ice cream, but like frozen ice. Mm-hmm. Or what about what about the kind that's encased frozen in chocolate ice. on the top, uh, but but yeah. it has a cone on the bottom? Is that was that does that cross? Say that's or, cone. Just, just just a cone. So Wait, what do you I'm going to say the container, like the like Which, the ice cream man like used to come by. Bun. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly right. Like so, yeah. it's oh, all like it's, um, so it's yeah. like a Klondike bar in a cone, kind of, mm-hmm. except for not as good as ice cream and not as good as chocolate. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I'm going to say it's what your what the delivery method is, what you're holding, what the handle is, mm-hmm. is what defines mm-hmm. it. I so like this. if you have to hold the sandwich, that's a sa- if you have to hold the wafers, that's a sandwich. Okay, if you so have to hold the bowl, that's a bowl. No, the Klondike bar is covered, so because you're the covering, it's completely sealed. So you're actually covering so the hole in the covering itself. Well, yes. you take and, the, and, you could take the covering off, and it melts all over your hands, which I right. May Once have again, anything. I'm not getting into alternative ridiculous ways to eat this. I'm saying the way that most people eat it. Oh, so you're saying that people would eat a sandwich? They don't keep the wrapper on the sandwich; they take the wrapper off. No, but they do keep the wrapper on the Klondike. No, they just bite bite into it. Huh. Okay. Not the not. I'm, Let's define rapper here. Oh, okay. By ra- and I don't mean like you know. Yeah, I know. <laughs> mumble rappers. You don't mean like um, like your like yourself and, <laughs> and Robert Burge. Well, I am not a rapper. <laughs> I pretend to be one on a, in a band. I see. Uh, so the um, let's see the the coating. I'm talking about the chocolate coating when I said rapper on like a Klondike. Oh, right. oh, oh, okay. Not Never the mind. actual like. Rapper, I thought you rapper. meant the rapper that you hold on no. to. Okay. Yeah. okay. Never mind. Yeah, I'm just biting through the packaging. <laughs> well, it's the best part. <laughs> yeah, the okay. tinfoil. Okay. I'd right. like to hear what people think about ice cream sandwiches. I know I am soliciting you are. food stuff on Twitter, and that is a mistake. It, it's a big mistake. But, mm-hmm. Steve, if you have a few more minutes, we can end with this story that Brad Weiss sent me. Speaking of Ohio. Let's do it. Okay. The title of the article, the headline, Runaway Pig in Ohio Lured Back Home with Trail of Oreos. A trail of Oreos could lure pretty much anybody anywhere, especially if you're a runaway pot-bellied pig. Is this this a true story? I don't know. Charlotte, the pot-bellied pig, ran away from her Middleton, Ohio home last week. Her owner, Yvette Hoffman, told a local TV station. Um, I'll skip that. I'll go to the end. Maybe she just wanted to go to Akron University for a semester. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Once Hoffman got wind that the 200-pound Charlotte was missing, she and her son showed up armed with a leash and a pack of Oreos to lure her back home. Apparently, her favorite kind of Oreos are the limited edition, the most stuff kind. And yeah, she ate she nearly the entire pack on her way back home. An icon and an inspiration, truly. Well, at least somebody likes the most stuffs. I Come on. Uh, this it is, can't be true, right? The 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 fact that the, she told them her favorite was the most stuff. Yes, I bet that's you if you gave her double part. stuff, she'd eat that too. I bet if you gave her, you know, anything that wasn't crap, literal crap, and she may <laughs> yeah. even eat that. Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's a good tagline <laughs> for for most stuff, though. You know, what's pig out on the most stuff? I was or, in, I was in Nashville. I have so many problems with yeah. this. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say I was Go in Nashville. Well, we can thank um, Brad for this. And, and um, I went to a couple of distilleries, and and when they're when they're brewing uh, when they're when they're brewing the beer that eventually becomes uh, whiskey, they give the uh, the stuff that they don't use to pigs to eat. So mm. you know, that, like you said, they will eat anything. 
The question is though- Literal garbage. They will eat literal garbage. How much, uh, if you have the most stuff, why don't you just, you know, add one more and call that more stuff? It's, it's like these go to 11, you know? It's like, yeah. well, it's the most these stuff. These go to 11 stuff. That for would be now, funny. For now, it's, it's the most stuff. But next week, we could do even more yeah. more stuff. They should call it currently most stuff. <laughs> yeah. right. As of today, where we are now. That's, that's right. But that I mean that's a long name, but still. That's a name that you could get behind though. These go to eleven stuff. Oh if they would do that and make it ultra ridiculous and real and and make it obvious that they are being ridiculous and are trying to be funny, I would I would be in. I'm not gonna eat them, but I would still be like, Yeah, that I, I can appreciate that. It yep. would be awesome to have a, a an Oreo that's basically as tall as a person that's just stuff in the middle. <laughs> this and goes the, to eleven, right? And it looks like it has like the Marshall like instead of Oreo like the on the cookie they imprint like the Marshall like amplifier logo. <laughs> this that, goes to eleven. Awesome. <laughs> and have and have what's his face? Um, what's the actor's name? Uh, you mean not, Nigel Tufnell? Yeah, who? What's, what's, what's his actor? Yeah, have Christopher Guest in there as Nigel Tufnell. Like in the commercial, doing the you know doing the bit right. thing from the scene. The, the question is, how much more stuff could there be? And the answer is none. None more stuff. <laughs> none more stuff. <laughs> See, I would really try those if that's what the name was. I would laugh. I wouldn't eat them because the Oreo, like El- like Ed said, the Oreo, the original Oreo is perfect. I can see going either way, one step on either side of it. Here, no. here we're going to go again, and then I'll say, well, I like double stuff. And then you'll yeah. say, yeah, that's okay. I'm, I'm okay yeah. with double stuff. <laughs> yeah, that's, this, is, this is our podcast. Yeah. I, I like all of it, and I'm trying not to eat any of it right now. So, you know, what, what are Same you going to do? My main problem with this story, besides the fact that I think it is completely made up, False. maybe potentially um, not true, mm-hmm. is that did this woman name her pig Charlotte because she thought in Charlotte's Web the name <laughs> of the pig was Charlotte? Probably. Probably. Because if you look at the cover of the book, you know, every every cover I've seen, the, the traditional pig. one, yeah. the right. pig is mainly, and people don't put together, well, maybe oh, she, Charlotte's the spider. <laughs> maybe she <laughs> right. named her spider Wilbur. Who knows? She might have. Now, see, I could get behind that, but I I would, that would be, if I was interviewing this woman, like if I worked for like local news or whatever, and we were like, hey, let's go out and get this stupid story. Because that's kind of what they do. Like, you know, the third level reporter on like the local news station. Right. They're like, slice of life. Let's get this little like, you know, little funny story, which I, I can appreciate, you know, when the rest of it is 400 people died today. But um, this, that would be the question to ask is, so is she, what, is the pig named after anything? Kind of get to it without insulting her, but, you know, <laughs> see see if you can get the answer. Right. That's it. That's the investigative journalism that I'm interested in. Yeah. Wow. Maybe, I think maybe, that's a very decent question, though. Maybe yeah. speaking of tangents needs needs you to be a, a field reporter. <laughs> yes, we need a field, like, investigative journalist wing of this podcast. Hard-hitting. Yeah, well, yes. we, we already have a, an investigative <laughs> junk food junkie. Um, yeah. Boundary Water Babe. Yes. State I, Food Fair aficionado Rachel. Yes. So we can just expand out. There you yeah. go. I, I and, like then, and we have a social media maven, yeah. and we have, you know, we have a pedantic jerk. We have a quiz master. We have a swag we have a, master. We have young stats. Yes. Wow. Good. Um, okay, Steve, I know uh, you need to run. We thank you for coming on. Yes, thanks, Steve. Thanks it's been for my making pleasure. time for us. Of course. Um, I think that's all, we, all I have, except for we do have an announcement. We won't have a show next week. Mm-hmm. What? And 
No, and going forward, we probably aren't <laughs> going to have a show every week. We probably are going to go every other week, or some some days we might have two weeks. In fact, when we come back from having next week off, we'll have two weeks in a row. So it's going to mm-hmm. be sporadic. That's mm-hmm. what we do anyway on this podcast. Sporadic. Yeah, well, it's, this, is, this is nothing new. Because <laughs> you guys are going to be too busy watching HBO shows. <laughs> and re-watching The yeah. Office, yes. Right. All right. Thanks, Steve. All right. Talk to you guys soon. All right. All right. See you later. Take care. Bye. Speaking of Tangents is brought to you by K.J. Onstead and Jason Fuse. Hosted by Jason Fuse and K.J. Onstead. Created by K.J. Onstead and Jason Fuse. Music written and performed by Jason Fuse. Lyrics and vocals by K.J. Onstead and Jason Fuse. Edited by Jason Fuse. Oh, and speaking of snow, today, March 1st, is National Minnesota Day. Yeah, you betcha. So come visit us in the land of 10,000 lakes, the Gopher State. Oh, jeez, that was bad. Oof, duh. Okay, bye then. Graphics by Jason Fuse. I love snow peas. And I love you.